You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. And the risk of these vaccines that have now been given to literally billions of people in the sense of global use of the vaccine is really quite safe. So we know myocarditis with COVID is very rare. Uh, and uh, and then with the vaccines, there was an explosion of myocarditis, thousands of cases reported in the CDC, fatal cases, paper by Holscher and colleagues, I'm the senior author, shows autopsy proven fatal cases of myocarditis never happened with COVID. So Fauci again is misleading the public trying to downplay COVID vaccine myocarditis. It's a killer. In a new letter, Oversight Committee Republican Brad Wenstrup claims that, quote, information provided suggests that Dr. Fauci was escorted into Central Intelligence Agency headquarters without a record of entry and participated in the analysis to influence the agency's review of the origins of COVID-19. Congressional subpoenas and documents that have come in as they dig into gain of function in the COVID response and myocarditis and blood clots and infertility, that it's come out that Fauci quarterbacked and commanded with the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Endowment via the CIA, the worldwide disinformation response that COVID didn't come out of a lab and then later that the shots worked and then quarterbacking censorship through the intelligence agencies of the world and then through big tech. Now, this is coming out in Congress and it's a big, big deal that they specifically knew that it was causing massive heart attacks, blood clots, strokes, myocarditis. Double vaxxed, booster, flu shot, and I'm going to be honest, I have the shingle shot too. Never got COVID. Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice. So nice. And that half of those that develop this type of myocarditis would be dead within 10 years, most of them within five. And they had these meetings. Yeah, well, this is a situation where the whistleblower actually came to us. This whistleblower works at the CIA, was a high-level employee there, had been there for many years. He reached out to our intelligence committee in the House of Representatives, and then he also reached out to the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, The CIA put together a team called the COVID Discovery Team, and this team consisted of seven people with scientific backgrounds. Six of the seven, at the end of the day, came forward and they said with some confidence that they felt that COVID originated from a lab, a lab in China. The lead person felt that it came from nature. What he is alleging is that also with some monetary compensation, their minds were changed, if you will, and they went from leaning towards the lab, but coming out and saying that the CIA was unable to determine where this came from. The big question in all this comes to is why? Why would this this take place at all? We were actually trading uh, China advanced biotechnology for access to collect intelligence on their bioweapons laboratory. Uh, including Dr. Peter Daszak telling me that he's working with the CIA. What is it? So Dr. Peter Daszak is working, was working with the CIA. Is that what you just said? Correct. And even people in the CIA, and this is coming out, said this is illegal what we're doing. Now, look, people don't seem to care when I tell you about something after it happens. But, but if you're a new viewer, 
I've probably said in the last three and a half years that the CIA is running all this with the Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundation about 2,000 times conservatively. Fauci's above the CIA. He's a Ford Foundation, Carnegie, Rockefeller Foundation, eugenics leader. Those are the top foundations that put the people through college, put them in their foundations, then put them in regulatory agencies, then put them back in the foundations, and then start putting them in big pharma. That's why all of the FDA board members are former board members or presidents or heads of the board of Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, Bayer, AstraZeneca. I mean, every damn one of them. But the people at the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Endowment level, they know what's going on. Remember I told you decades ago, the Carnegie Endowment's at the top of the pyramid. And the rich people got together about 120 years ago, 125 years ago, and they said, let's take over society, take over medicine, set up a yes, world folks, government. It's a plan centuries in the making. Fauci and the CIA collude for COVID genocide. That's the video, Bandai Video. It's Monday, October 2nd, Year of Our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. Harrison Smith here. That video we played in the first five minutes again is called Fauci and CIA Collude for COVID Genocide. And that is the latest from John Bound. Really an incredible video to send around. And of course, we pointed out many times and showed the clip many times that Event 201 was organized for this exact purpose. And they literally asked the question, like, what if it comes out that it's a lab leak? And who answers it but Avril Haines, the current head of DNI, in other words, the head of the spy state pyramid. And sh- her answer was, well, well, we have ways of handling that. And one of them is to flood the market with information. And that's exactly what they did. So just again, we're dealing with a literal genocide. And we'll get to some of the horrific numbers of excess deaths as a consequence of the vaccine later in today's show. But a criminal conspiracy to carry out this genocide and then cover it up, orchestrated out in the open in front of everybody. It's not a matter of speculation. It's a matter of criminality. But importantly, what Alex is doing in that segment is relating this back to not something that happened in October of 2019, but things that happened in the spring of 1910 and 1913 and all the way back before World War I when so many of these plans were first put into motion by things like the CFR, the Carnegie Endowment, J.P. Morgan, and the – big money masters of the early 1900s whose plans and operations and groups still operate today with the same secrecy and supranational governance that they envisioned all those years back. And, I, and that is an important thing to understand when looking at what's going on today. It's so baffling to so many people. I just know there's, there was one time in particular – I was talking to my uncle. He's like sort of old school conservative, super patriotic veteran. Done by into the most of the conspiracy stuff. And it was like I, I finally sort of got him to open his eyes on a lot of this stuff by going back and 
laying out how this wasn't a new phenomenon. This wasn't something, you know, that just sprung up yesterday, but how centuries back, really, I mean, literally 125 years ago is when a lot of this stuff started. And all of this is just now coming to fruition. And it makes sense because you have things like the CFR, the county endowment, like these things. One of their main policies or, or one of the, their main tactics was to bring in – I got to – maybe I'll save this for a little bit later because we do have to do the daily dispatch. But essentially the CFR originally was like 90 percent bankers, 10 percent academics. And so they would pick the people in the highest positions in the most prominent universities – Bring them in, get them on the same page, get them in favor of global governance and destroying American sovereignty and corporate shadow power. Like get them on board with that, and then they'd go back to their university and start teaching it. So that's a that's a little pebble rolling down the side of a snowy mountain, and every year it picks up momentum. Every year it gains mass. Every year they invite more people in. Every year there's another crop of students that's been indoctrinated with this that then goes on to positions of power that then – you know, progress that ideology. So it's just snowballed and grown bigger and bigger and more influential and more powerful with more people on and on until we are where we are today, a hundred years on with this ideology, this, you know, vision for the world is now ubiquitous. Now it's everywhere. Now it's in every university, every teaching position they have succeeded largely in their plans, except that we exist and that people calling them out exist. And uh, did a lot of looking into that this weekend. So we'll get to some videos and some historical discussions to help sort of give you a broader picture of how we got to where we are today. We'll do that later in the show. We'll also take your phone calls throughout the show today. We may be, are we going to have a guest today? I don't know. We, we need to work that out, but we'll, uh, we might have a guest we're missing some crew members with vital information. We'll figure that out in just a little bit. In the meantime, let's begin today as we do every day with our Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Monday, the 2nd of October, 2023. Gavin Newsom has replaced Dianne Feinstein in her Senate seat and he picks a pro-abortion activist, LaFonza Butler, as Dianne Feinstein's replacement in the Senate. California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom has chosen LaFonza Butler, president of Emily's List, a pro-abortion organization, to fill the vacancy left by late Senator Dianne Feinstein. The, moves, the move is expected to raise Butler's profile significantly, given her advocacy for pro-abortion Democrat women. Governor Newsom's swift decision to select the next senator comes just two days after Senator Feinstein's passing as a narrowly as a narrowly divided Congress just avoided a government shutdown. The formal announcement of this appointment will be made Monday. Anthony York, an advisor to the governor, informed Politico that Newsom's appointment comes without any stipulations or conditions concerning the 2024 election. Consequently, Butler has the opportunity to enter the competitive field of Democrat candidates vying to secede Feinstein. The election landscape now includes special elections, March primary, and the November runoff. And, of course, he picked her because she's a black woman. So I'm sure she'll do great. I'm sure she'll do great. The other thing is that she doesn't even live in California, hasn't lived there for years, and registered to vote in Maryland, where she's uh, lived for a long time. That story, Gateway Pundit. She lives in Maryland and registered to uh, vote there last year. 
but that's fine. They had to scour the whole country, I guess, to find a suitable black female to uh, replace the late Diane Feinstein because, of course, her gender and um, skin color is her superlative uh, qualification, maybe her only qualification. But that's okay. That's where we are now in this country. We're just uh, choosing, and of course, Diane Feinstein got her position as California senator after a death. So essentially now the California Senate seat is a inherited position uh, that's simply gifted to the most uh, conveniently appearing person, the person with the correct sort of look and demographic, uh, nothing to do with their qualification or getting elected. So that's nice. Meanwhile, excess deaths from cardiovascular diseases up 44% last year among UK citizens aged 15 to 44. This from Zero Hedge. A new and disturbing analysis reveals that excess deaths from cardiovascular disease have jumped in the UK over the past several years. Using official government data for deaths in England and Wales between 2010 and 2022, former BlackRock portfolio manager Ed Dowd and his partners at Finance Technologies found that excess death rates from cardiovascular diseases were up 13% in 2020, 30% in 2021, and 44% in 2022, which, quote, point to a worrying picture of an even greater acceleration in coming years of deaths and disabilities. And of course, uh, this is because the vaccine damages your heart and causes myocarditis. From childrenshealthdefense.org, outrageous approval of new Moderna shots for kids could spark school mandates, doctors warn. Parents should be concerned that the U.S. FDA earlier this month granted full approval to Moderna's SpikeVax COVID-19 vaccine for children 12 years old and older because now the vaccine for school-age kids is no longer an emergency youth emergency use authorization product. States and schools may be more likely to mandate the shots, according to Ms. Merrill Nass. But of course, there are ways to get around that. You can always get an exception, uh, be it religious, health, or otherwise. Don't let them trick you into thinking that these mandates are actually enforceable. Meanwhile, from Washington, House passes 45-day stopgap resolution to avoid shutdown with no Ukraine funding. The House of Representatives passed a continuing resolution to keep the federal government open for another 45 days to give the two sides more time to come from, to a more long-term solution. The resolution passed 335 to 91 and now moves to the Senate for a vote. According to NBC, the continuing re resolution had billions of dollars for disaster aid but removed any new funding for the Ukraine war that the Democrats were pushing for. Which is uh, kind of nice, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to see the government shut down. The Democrats shut down the government over their refusal to build the border wall. I'm sure we have some things that we could demand. We have you tried taking the real red pill? A one-of-a-kind heart and brain formula designed exclusively for InfoWarsStore.com. One of the most powerful ingredients in Real Red Pill Plus is pregnanolone. Pregnenolone levels decrease with age, and low levels are associated with fatigue, low brain function, and unhealthy aging. The Real Red Pill Plus also provides essential trace minerals, such as vitamin B12, calcium, copper, and zinc. Featuring naturally occurring L-theanine, caffeine, and theobromine, the energy blend inside the Real Red Pill Plus provides an extra pick-me-up for your day that goes beyond the second cup of coffee. So visit 
visit InfoWarsStore.com, go down the rabbit hole, and try taking the real red pill. Now 25% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com. My fellow patriots, the trifecta has not been in stock for years. Many of these products have been sold out for years, but we've not had all three of them at once together at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. This is your best opportunity at the lowest price to support the broadcast, but more importantly, experience DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, and Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. All three of these products are back in stock right now for a limited time at 40% off. It would take me an hour to tell you about what's in DNA Force Plus or Real Red Pill Plus or Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, read about these products, find out why they're so game-changing, and get yours today. DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, all three back in stock. It's the trifecta sale, 40% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com, and it keeps us on air. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. This is AmericanJournalInfoWars.com Band.video A lot of stuff to cover today Putting a lot of videos I do want to look back Look back a bit At where so much of this began Because this is like a fairly recent Issue At least it is for me In uh the old conspiracy theorizing world. I know for a lot of us, like the intro to this whole idea of the global government and the you know, all this sort of stuff, like it, it starts with like wanting to know about history. You look back, you see things like the CFR be founded, and you learn about the history of it, who was involved. You read Creature from Jekyll Island, and you like get a, a real intense knowledge of of what all that was like but then you start sort of applying that to what's going on today and you start looking at what's you know happening in today's world and suddenly you're overwhelmed with headlines and all that knowledge of of in the past just sort of gets condensed down into just like cfr bad cfr bad <laughs> council of foreign relations they're the bad guys like that's sort of the takeaway and you sort of forget the details of the research that you did years ago because it's been crowded out by all this other stuff. So it's good every once in a while just to go back for a little refresher, just to remind yourself, like, oh, yeah, that's why this was found. Oh, that's what the deal is behind this. And so we're going we're gonna to go back in time a little bit now. We're going to do a little conspiracy history lesson. But I think it's important, and, and I don't know, it's just, it's just a good thing to do to go back and sort of look at the, the big picture every once in a while. So... This weekend, I was doing a lot of a lot of housework and just matrix style, just ingesting information, listening to uh, books and presentations. In particular, one posted on Twitter. So I want to I want to lay this out for you. So this I, I had this tweet go 
pretty viral uh, on Friday, where it's kind of kind of a long story. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Basically, this video of this 95-year-old veteran of the Korean War being kicked out of his nursing home to make way for illegal migrants. That video went viral. Somebody responded to that. Bushwhacker at Anglo Tradboy on Twitter responded to that video of this veteran, you know, being abused and, and expelled from his home by his own government for foreign invaders. He says every single drop of American blood spilled in the last 120 years has been for absolutely nothing. Of course, I responded to that in a semi-sarcastic way, saying it wasn't spilt for nothing. It was spilt to lay the groundwork for a global government. So I said this, absolutely nothing absurd. World War I was for the Balfour Declaration and to found the League of Nations. World War II, we got the United Nations and the State of Israel and the Marshall Plan. And I meant to mention the uh, Bretton Woods Agreement. Korea was to prove the UN could field a super national army and set the stage for Cold War era proxy conflict. Vietnam was when the CIA launched its global drug running operation and fractured the American public for the Cultural Revolution. The Gulf Wars destabilized the Mideast, creating endless war on terror and ensuing migrant crisis. It's not that American blood has been spilt for absolutely nothing. It's been spilled in pursuit of globalist schemes to create a one-world government by steadily eroding American sovereignty and consolidating power in the hands of the unelected corporate elite. They have squeezed America dry and are now casting aside the desiccated husk as they move their base of operations to Asia. And so in response to that, Sam Parker at Sam Parker's Senate posted this playlist on his YouTube called War and Deception by James Perloff. So I watched that. It's an incredible resource. I don't know if I've ever seen anything from James Perloff before. I've, I've seen his name of course, after watching this, I mean, I watched like four more of his other lectures because he is a, a real font of knowledge and, and really um, very impressive at getting down just the, the facts that you need and, and not chasing rabbit holes where they uh, – as distractions. But one part in particular, I believe it was in like the fifth part of this YouTube playlist, which is all just part of a single lecture – where he talks about Korea, and like I said, I, I'd never read James Perloff. I'd never – wasn't like a fan of his before, had never seen him before. But I thought it was interesting how closely his statements mirrored the tweet that I just read you because, you know, it's not like I've needed to receive this information through propaganda. When you study history with an open mind or with a suspicious mind, you just come to these conclusions naturally. And so we share this, these revelations, despite not having gotten them from one another. You just have to come to this conclusion if you look at everything that's going on, both in the public and behind closed door doors. This is the inevitable reality that you come to, that this is why these wars were waged. It is all towards a global government, and it has been orchestrated for decades, if not centuries, by cabals of secret societies. So I want to go now to clip number five. This is James Perloff in his War and Deception talk that you can find uh, linked under that tweet on my Twitter by Sam Parker. I'll go ahead and re uh, retweet it now just so it's at the top of my list. But here is a short clip that just happens to mirror almost exactly the conclusions I've come to just reading about the wars of the 20th century. Let's watch. And that brings us up to the whole question of why did the oligarchs orchestrate the Korean War? 
You have to remember that out of World War I, you got the League of Nations, the first formal attempt at a world government. The United Nations came out of World War II, and that was entirely conceived at the Council on Foreign Relations. In fact, when the UN held its founding conference in San Francisco in 1945, 47 of the delegates were, were members of the CFR. Well, the Korean War was intended at that time to validate the UN as the world's peacekeeper. I'm going to quote the lead article from Foreign Affairs, April 1952, called Korea in Perspective, and here's what the author wrote. The burden of my argument, then, based on the meaning of our experience in Korea as I see it, is that we have made historic progress toward the establishment of a viable system of collective security. That's the UN. And there was one other reason for the Korean War, and that was to strip Congress of its constitutional authority to, to declare war. And since World War II, we've never had a de declaration of war. President Truman sent troops to Korea without so much as consulting the Congress. He said he didn't have to. Why? Because we were under UN mandate. We'd signed the UN treaty, and we were subject to its call to join in a war. In his press conference of July 29, 1950, he actually said, quote, we are not at war, end quote. Therefore, Congress has nothing to do with it. It was a, quote, police action, end quote. That's all it is. It's not a war. Well, over 40,000 U.S. soldiers died in Korea, and over 100,000 were wounded. But not to worry. It's not a war. Just a little old police action. Yeah. It's not a war. It's just, you know, tens of thousands of our soldiers dying and uh, fighting overseas. We have not declared a war through Congress since World War II. Korea was the first war immediately following World War II. By the way, we played a very large part, in fact, the primary part, in getting uh, Korea under communist dictatorship in the first place that led to the Korean War, just like it was our CIA that uh, put into place the leadership under of uh, communist Vietnam that would later lead to a horrific war. Now we're doing it again in Ukraine. It's time and time again. It's time to wake up now. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal, Infowars.com. We just finished up what we were talking about in the last segment. Something else I'd 
sure I learned at some point, but had forgotten. So I was reminded of it this weekend from that uh, great presentation by James Perloff. It was the fact that the CFR itself was founded, the Council on Foreign Relations was founded specifically because Americans refused to join the League of Nations, which was the predecessor to the UN. Like, once you understand how these, how these things operate, it becomes so obvious, so apparent, you know, why they're done this way, why things are carried out in the way that they are, and what these people are willing to do, what they're willing to pull off in pursuit of their goals. So you've got the League of Nations after World War I being founded to be the groundwork for a world government in a way that is a soft introduction because just like the – just like we understand the boiling frog technique, the people in power understand the boiling frog technique. And they understand that back in the early 1900s, there was completely impossible for them to convince nations to just abandon their sovereignty to international groups. They had to be slowly but surely introduced to this. And so they started with the League of Nations. It was an American idea, but then America refused to join it because the founding fathers, in their incredible wisdom, made it to where only the Senate can sign and, and create treaties like that. The American president can't just do it unilaterally. And so they had to put it to a vote whether we would join the League of Nations, and we voted against it because we weren't interested in not being the supreme power in America. And so when that happened, the CFR was founded. We didn't we voted not to join the League of Nations and the CFR said, "Oh, well, that's we can't have obstructions like that to our goal of a unified one-world government." So better create the CFR and it was I don't have the exact numbers, but it was like the original CFR, like the original founding group was like 24 people and 19 of them were from JP Morgan's bank. Like it was a, it was created by the bankers. Like you see where these things come from, and it always goes back to the bankers, usually in the early 1900s. And of course, you can point at year 1913 as the sort of year one in the new world order era. That was when you had the creation of the Federal Reserve, of course, but that was also when you had the creation of the income tax necessary as part of the Federal Reserve system. But you also had uh, well, it was um, Amendment 17 to the Constitution, which changed the way that we elect senators into being a popularity contest statewide. See, before 1913, the way that Americans elected senators – well, they didn't. The state legislators elected senators. So you would vote for your local state con- – I would vote for my congressman in the Texas Congress and then – all of those Texas congressmen would get together to elect a senator that they would send to the United States because that was the idea of the Senate originally was the senators were agents of the state government. They were sent there by the state government to express the will of the state as expressed by its own local government. And so that way you had a massively decentralized election process. In other words, if you wanted to get a senator into office, you didn't just have to run a big statewide campaign and get half the state to vote for him. 
which is a lot easier, actually, in practice than trying to co-opt and rig elections for 150 state Congress districts. It was a lot more decentralized back then, and there was a lot more focus on the uh, state government and the power that it wields in opposition to the federal government. It's another thing that came about in 1913 that coincided with this slow but steady erosion of individual sovereignty, freedom, uh, decentralized power as it all is centralized, first the national government, then that national government made subservient to an international organization like the League of Nations or the follow-up, the United Nations, which also came out of a CFR think tank operation. And again, you look back at all of the things that the CFR has been involved in, and it's all, it's all the bad things. It's all the worst things. It's all the UN and the, the League of Nations and the Korean War. And then you think about the fact that, again, this isn't speculation. They launched these wars. Tens of thousands of Americans died as a consequence of these wars. And these people think that that was a, a small price to pay, a small sacrifice, completely worth it. And, of course, in that lecture series, Warren Deception, he goes through all the things that I noted there. Not only that the point of all of these wars from before they're even launched is by the people who bring about the manufactured consent and you know, popular will to get into these wars. Like the reason they're doing it is to lead to a global government, which is insane because their only substantial argument for world government is to prevent war. So they're starting wars to convince you to get a global government so there's not any more wars. I mean, this is how insane it is, but it's also worth noting that there's nothing beyond the pale for these people. They are driven by this unholy, satanic drive that doesn't care about killing tens of thousands of people. It's a small price to pay. It's worth it. They deserve it. They're, that's what they're there for, right? So is it really that outrageous that they would launch the COVID pandemic in pursuit of these same goals? I mean, once you're willing to start a war over something, is there anything you're not willing to do? I mean, is there anything worse than war? And these people, not like one, not like, oh, they started a war, and then we're like, ah, oh, gee, that got out of hand. No, it's like they did it in World War One, and then they did it in World oh, and they did it in the Spanish-American War. I mean, this goes back to the 1800s. It seems like back then they were just doing it because, like, they realized they could and, like, thought it was cool. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Especially the Spanish-American War that was driven entirely by the yellow journalist media, the newspaper men at the time, William Hearst and people like that, who would, like, brag about it and be like, oh, how do you like our war? How do you like the new war we're waiting? Like, they would write that in their newspaper, like, yeah, we started this war. Isn't that cool? Like, we got all of America to be into fighting the Spanish for some unknown reason. They just wanted to. They were just like, hey, that's cool. We can start a war. Like maybe they're just testing, you know, in preparation for World War I or something. But I don't know. The, the longer, the farther back you go in time, the more just sort of like upfront everything seemed to be. Because back then they didn't like have to worry about like the, this getting out on the Internet and people finding out about it. They just had everything on lockdown. So they would just like amongst themselves be like, man, how cool is it that we're starting a war right now over nothing? Isn't that neat? It's like uh, 
These people are evil. These people are sickeningly evil, and there's nowhere that's too far for them to go to achieve their ultimate goal of a one-world centralized government that continues to be the goal that they're pursuing with all of what they're doing, whether it's climate change or COVID-19 or the war in Ukraine. It's all about creating a one-world government, which has been their plan since they founded these groups all the way back in the early 1900s, and they have steadily progressed and done so in a multi-faceted you know, technique where they're seeding this information out through the academies, through the universities. They're embedding their people in politics and positions of power. They're using their money to you know, sway smaller people. It's a, you know, advance on every front. And we're now coming to that uh, culmination of that. And of course, they what they realized very early on, what we've been trying to pound out ever since Alex Jones first got behind a microphone, that is, this is an information war. They understand that. They didn't go to war with the American people. They co-opted the American people in a boiling the frog technique specifically designed to lure you into a world government. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we've got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 testosterone boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock, and they're incredible, and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war, but I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. This is American Journal. We're going to open up the phone lines in the second hour of today's show. We have a lot of uh, of politics to cover, I guess. A very bizarre thing happened on Friday. Was it Friday this happened? And guys, we can pull up this uh, video. It's on video, at least the images. I've seen the images of it. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene calls on DOJ to prosecute Jamal Bowman using same law used to imprison January Sixers from the post-millennial. So Representative Jamal Bowman was caught pulling a fire alarm at the House office building as part of an effort to delay a vote on a Republican-backed stopgap spending bill. And he's, he's caught on video doing this, and the excuses they've come up with are hysterical. Uh, frankly, they're embarrassing. But I, I guess you got to say what you got to say if you want to avoid, like, I don't know, going to prison for 20 years. But make no mistake, what Jamal Bowman, so, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just crazy. It's like you got John Fetterman, like, not wanting to wear suits, and Jamal Bowman just like, oh, we're going to lose a vote? Better pull the fire alarm real quick. It's just like we're being run by, like, I don't even want to say high schoolers because high school, you know, you go to like a debate team, you go to like a model UN, you go to the student government. Most high schoolers aren't this childish. These are like the bad, these are like the bad high school. (laughs) These are like, they're like high schoolers, but not the good ones, (laughs) not, not the uh, high achieving ones. These are the low achieving high schoolers that we're dealing with as senators and congressmen in our government. So Jamal, Jabal, uh, Jamal Bowman, Jamal Bowman, Jabal Moman uh, pulls a fire alarm to stop this vote, which is obstruction of the you know, practice of the government, whatever the, the law is. There he is. So it's just a photo. Yeah, I saw the photo. I, I assumed it was from, it looks like it's from a security camera. So I'm sure the video is out there somewhere. I'm sure the video also uh, contradicts the statements that they've made. So essentially, he, <laughs> he pulls the fire alarm, tries to stop this vote from happening, which is significantly more than just about any of the January Sixers did individually. January Sixers are, are being charged with uh, interrupting official proceedings for walking through the Capitol door as it's being held by police officers, like significantly less. By the way, the proceedings were not stopped by the riot. I keep having to remind people of this because it's like we, we have collective amnesia or something. The proceedings on January 6th had been stopped before anybody broke a single barrier, before any police officer fired a single f- flashbang. It was all shut down because they found the pipe bombs, the pipe bomber that nobody even mentions anymore, that the FBI's apparently completely failed to find because they accidentally lost all of the phone records and security camera that had the guy on it. Like, the most ridiculous lie out of all of the January 6th lies. It's probably the most ridiculous one, that there's just a mysterious pipe bomber that actually shut down the proceedings on January 6th before the riot ever began. But people have been sent to prison for decades for being in the, simply being on the Capitol grounds or inside the Capitol on January 6th because it was obstructing an official proceeding, which is just a violation of it's the end of democracy when you have to delay a vote for a couple of hours, right? And like even that on the face of it is so absurd. It's so ridiculous. Like it would be ridiculous to give Jamal Bowman 20 years in prison for pulling the fire alarm. Because after all, what happens? Well, you evacuate, you check. Oh, okay, it's not a real fire. You go back, you hold the vote a couple hours after it was originally intended to vote. 
is that really such a crime? Is that really the end of democracy? Of course not. But, hey, these are the rules now. So you got to go to jail for 20 years now, Bowman. You got to have your life destroyed. We're going to have the FBI kick in your door at 3 o'clock in the morning and put, point a assault rifle at your young child. We're going to drag you away and put you in a closet for two years until we can get around to actually giving you a trial. That will be completely rigged and one-sided, and the jury will be advised that they can convict you even if the evidence isn't there to convict you. That's the way that you treat people who uh, postpone a vote in Congress these days. So I think fair is fair. Marjorie Taylor Greene has called for that. Not long after Representative Jamal Bowman was caught pulling in a fire alarm at the House office building as part of an effort to delay a vote on a Republican-backed stopgap spending bill, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene issued a call for the Democrat or the, I'm sorry, the Department of Justice to prosecute the far-left representative under the same laws it used to lock up defendants who were involved in the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021, saying, quote, Representative Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm in the Cannon Building this afternoon and interrupted the official proceedings of the House as Republicans worked to keep the government open, Green wrote on X. I'm calling on the DOJ to prosecute him using the same law they used to prosecute J6 defendants for inf- interfering with an official proceeding. The Democrats literally will do anything to shut our government down because billions aren't going to their favorite country, Ukraine, added Green. In a video shared along with the Post, Green could be seen telling reporters, I want to talk about Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm. Capitol Police are questioning him right now because he's on video. He violated the exact same law that January 6th defendants are being prosecuted for every day. I'm demanding the Department of Justice prosecute him the same way they would prosecute January 6th defendants. Green said that Bowman pulled the fire alarm as a vote was transpiring and the move was unprecedented. The Democrats will do anything to make sure it's shut down because billions of dollars are not, are not going to their favorite country, Ukraine. The Georgia congresswoman showed reporters a printout of a law commonly used to prosecute January 6 defendants and noted that under the same rule, Bowman's alleged offense could be punished by 20 years in prison. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, at least a year or two, right? I mean, this is how seriously we're supposed to treat this. This was almost the end of democracy. He insurrected. He, he did a coup. I mean, the entire facade of the American government with its millions of employees and the federal bureaucracies, they, it almost all came to an end when he delayed a vote a few hours. That's how, that's how delicate our democracy is. He pulls that fire alarm and suddenly we're we're an authoritarian uh, despotism. But I mean, fair is fair, right? Fair is fair. You interrupt an official proceeding, you get 20 years in prison. I th- I really only think that's fair. I think anybody that talked to Jamal Bowman that uh, Jamal Bowman that day should be sent to prison. I think we have RICO charges because anybody that talked to Jamal Bowman that was on the scene, or maybe not, or maybe they have guns in a house 20 miles away, like that's a RICO charge. That's, that's a conspiracy. It can be an unspoken conspiracy like what they charged the Proud Boys with. Jamal, Jamal Bowman draws doubts after claiming fire alarm pole was just a mistake. Yeah, so that's the sort of the funniest part about this whole story is uh, his excuse for why he pulled the fire alarm in this very convenient time when he, a vote that he didn't want to happen uh, was being passed, so he decided to uh, pull the fire alarm. He says, no, I'm just... I'm just super dumb. No, I'm just like the dumbest dude ever. Honestly, I can't read. I cannot read a four-letter word. Fire? G-P-I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I see a red box. I pull it. 
I'm just real, real, real stupid. That's the excuse that he gave. Literally, I'm not, I'm, I'll maybe not, I'm paraphrasing, okay? I'm paraphrasing, but no, literally, he was like, ah, I was, the door was locked, I was panicked, and I, I pulled the big red fire lever thinking it would open the door, which there's like a hundred things wrong with that. Like, first of all, the door itself was an emergency exit. He says in his statement, like, this is a door I always use to get where I'm going. It's like, no, you don't, because opening that door would set off the fire alarm. It's not, uh, it's not a door that you would normally go through. It's not a door that you're supposed to go through. <laughs> about to flush the toilet. That's Representative Mike Collins posting a picture of the fire pull down saying, I'm about to flush the toilet. So, yeah, he's just like, I, I thought I could open the door by pulling the fire alarm. Completely insane. Also, even if it wasn't obstructing an official proceeding, the punishment for pulling the fire alarm when there is no fire itself is like six months in prison and a big fine. Will they be held to account? Will they'll be held to the same rigorous standard as all of the January 6th insurrectioners? Of course not. Obviously not. That's not the world that we live in anymore. Again, you've got the Democrats who are just like, part of the time they're just misbehaving, petulant, spoiled children that have never been told no, and if they don't get their way, they think they're perfectly justified in burning a building down or pulling a fire alarm, pretending the, burning, the building's being burned down, just whatever. And then the other half of the time, they're not like children. They're like literal demons that are throwing fam- you know, people with families, grandfathers and fathers and mothers into prison for two years in a solitary confinement and then 20 years in prison uh, because they were friends with somebody who wandered through the Capitol on January 6th. petulant and simultaneously vicious and hateful people the world's ever seen bodies is back the ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to infowarsstore.com and is now 25 percent off for a limited time utilized for thousands of years turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super-powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredient in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system. So if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Second hour of American Journal is on. Still have a lot to talk about. Again, we're, you know, Harrison's razor strikes again. Hanlon's razor says, you know, don't explain, don't contribute to malice, what can be explained through stupidity. But there's there's two things that contradict that assertion. One is that these people aren't stupid. They aren't actually, like, you don't get elected 
senator by actually being stupid. You might be, you know, gullible in certain ways. You might believe some stupid things, but you have to be overall intelligent and able to just, you know, I was going to say speak well, but then um, but then we have Fetterman. Maybe they are stupid. Well, some of them are stupid, all right? That's true. You have to admit. But one problem is that in general, especially the people like in the deep state, the non-politicians, the people who've worked their way up the bureaucratic ladder to be at the head of the CIA or the FBI, not stupid people, not stupid people. That's one problem. The other problem is that to believe people are this stupid, it's beyond the pale. I was just thinking during the break there, like what would life be like if you were that level of intelligence? If you were so dumb that you thought pulling an emergency exit fire alarm was the door switch. Like certainly that wouldn't be the only place in your life where you would have this style of confusion, this level of ignorance, right? Does he ever get into like the backseat of his car and wonder where a steering wheel is? Does he ever like, he's like getting frustrated on his phone. He's like, guys, this thing's not working. Like hands it to his assistant. It's just like an old calculator that's out of batteries. It's just like, it's like, ah, phone's not working, man. It's like, what is going on in your head, really? Like, if you, I mean, what would it be like to experience the world with a mind that can't determine obvious symbolism, that can't read four-letter words, that has no connection between, like, the doorknob and the door opening? Like, how, like, to have these things, these, these physical objects just detached from their purpose or function as if they're just out there in the world. Like, I mean, it's got to be confusing, right? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I just wonder. I wonder what else Jabal Bowman's, uh, Jamal Bowman's life is like. How does he handle water faucets? I mean, one's got a C, one's got an H. Ah, that's like, bah, it's just too much. That's got to be confusing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you just think of any any other any other things. It's like, why aren't you answering the phone, sir? And he's like, I keep pressing the red answer button. I keep trying to answer it by pressing the red button, and it just the phone call disappears. It's like, no, the the green one is to answer. The red is to hang up, sir. I'm okay. We'll we'll do this. We'll fi- we'll figure this out. He's putting Altoids in his ear, wondering why his Bluetooth isn't working. I I mean, there's just a million things. You can imagine. I mean, every day you're having to deal with things that are, you know, in some way just just, they require like second level thinking. Like the things that some of the uh, more higher functioning mammals are, are capable of. Right, when the when the rat in the cage realizes that you press the lever and food comes out and there's like a there's like a mental connection where they they understand how one can lead to the other even if they don't understand the intricate mechanisms that bring the the food about I just I almost pity Jam- Jamal Bowman who's walking around just like he doesn't know what buttons work where he doesn't know what you know, big signs in red with, with right, white letters. She's just like, wow, look at that, a sign. Uh, maybe I'll read that one day. I'll pull the lever first. I mean, it's just, 
And this is the excuse that he has to come up with. So it's like, with the Hanlon razor, it's like, for one thing, they're not that stupid. For the other, they would have to be so stupid, they would be non- You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. Second hour is on Infowars.com. Infowarsstore.com is where you go to support this broadcast and everything that we do here. Infowarsstore.com is your one-stop shop for truth, justice, the American way, and personal health. Incredible sales on right now. The vitamin mineral fusion supplement, delicious, added to a cool glass of water. Get all of the vitamins and nutrients you need for your entire day in that one little scoop. And then you can also unleash your potential with the trifecta pack that's the real red pill plus dna force plus and bod ease which individually are incredible supplements combined they superpower each other and i mean this is truly the the trifecta this is this is it the triumvirate as we should call it the triumvirate the three ruling supplements of infowarsstore.com but of course you keep us on air and in the fight as we enter into an increasingly uncertain and just literally insane world. There's a lot of uh, political stuff going on. Gates's plan to oust McCarthy. Uh, they're, they're going at it. And it's just, it's, it's annoying, really. After all, we spent like a week or two in the beginning of this year, with the struggle over who's going to be the House Speaker, McCarthy eventually made enough arguments and, and concessions and agreed to certain stipulations in order to get the, the Freedom Caucus, people like Matt Gates, who was at the time leading the resistance against Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy said, look, I'll listen to you. I'll, I'll be a good speaker for you. So just support me. They did, and Kevin McCarthy has essentially failed to fulfill any of his promises. So now they're back at it. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Sunday responded to a threat by Representative Matt Gates to oust him from the speakership, telling CBS News' Face the Nation that it's, quote, personal for the lawmaker, saying that's nothing new. He's tried to do that from the moment I ran for office, said McCarthy, adding, I'll survive. You know this is personal with Matt. As if Matt Gates is uh, like what what is what would be personal about it? I don't get what's personal about it I mean it's it's politics as I don't know it's just a, it's a weak argument I mean it's like it's like an AOC level argument it's like you're failing to achieve any goals you've done practically nothing to prevent the just Destruction of America as a whole, you know, well, you're Speaker of the House and borders open and the January 6th political prisoners are being tried and the corrupt Biden DOJ is protecting the Biden family and their federal assets during January 6th. Just like all of this is going on. You are a failure. 
and this is the way politics work. That's the whole point of our system is that you are given a chance in a position of power to achieve goals and show your worth. And if you don't, then you're removed peacefully. That's the way that this works. So Matt Gates expresses that and Kevin McCarthy comes back like, uh, you're just jealous. You're just jealous of me. So you want to get me gone. It's like, it's like an AOC level thing. It's like, uh, Matt Gates just wants to date me. It's personal with him. Well, it's personal in the fact that you're not a good person. <laughs> That you are the person that we're trying to oust because we want a better person in that position. He's not, you know, the most establishment hack the world's ever seen. uh, Representative Matt Gates announced on Sunday he will file a motion this week to remove McCarthy as speaker and will use a parliamentary process that hasn't resulted in the removal of a speaker since 1910. The move comes after McCarthy reached across the aisle for bipartisan support to pass a continuing resolution which will keep the the U.S. government operating until mid-November, and then Democrats revealed that McCarthy struck a side deal to guarantee Ukraine funds at a later date. Oh, yeah, but it's personal. No, but it's just, it's all personal. Sure, I'm making secret backroom deals with our enemies who are doing everything they can to literally destroy and kill us. Again, like, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing? The Democrats actually got Republican support when they shut down the government for a refusal to provide $4.5 billion for the border wall. We spend $4.5 billion on the Ukrainian border every couple of days. I think the current average is that since February 2022 – We've spent $223 million a day on the war in Ukraine. That was the latest figure I read. I I haven't actually done the math, and it's also impossible to know because we actually have literally no idea how much we've sent, how much we're going to send, how much has been pledged, how much of that pledge has been fulfilled. I mean, it's it almost doesn't even matter at this point. But yeah, if you're spending $200 billion dollars over the course of about a year and a half that about breaks down right right about a quarter billion dollars a day just being poured into that black hole of chaos and misery that we orchestrated from this top but we can't shut down the government but when we are actually in charge and we actually as republicans have the ability to you know pull out all the stops to get our way McCarthy is actually reaching across to cooperate with the Democrats as if we are in the 70s, as if we're in the whenever. It's like as if we're in a time period where the Democrats or Republicans are just both. We're just we're we're all patriotic Americans here and we just have different views of how we get to a better place. It's like, no, 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 no. The Democrats are not shy about the fact that they they live literally hate america they literally hate america like they don't like america they don't want anything that benefits america they're out for our total managed destruction decline and elimination like you don't negotiate with these people you don't go on their side to make sure that our corrupt government can continue to persecute its enemies so you have to leave now so you have to not be in your job anymore sir 
and it's like uh, Gates's plan to oust McCarthy meets chilly dim, dim reception. That's from uh, Axios. So they're saying that Matt Gates basically was like, "Hey, we're going to oust this McCarthy guy. He's not doing what he said he would do. He's just a bad person to be in this position." And you would think the Democrats would see this as a as a chance to you know fracture the Republicans. I mean, is there any chance they've had to you know win a victory like? I mean, it'd be easy to portray, right? Oh, the Republican Party's in shambles. Oh, the McCarthy had to be ousted. Now we have to do this other. This is a distraction. We're all trying to do the important work, the getting people's life. Like, you know all the talking points they could do. Why don't they? Well, because McCarthy must be very good for them, which is why he should be ousted in the first place. When you have the Democrats fighting against Matt Gates to keep Kevin McCarthy in position as House Speaker, it's because he's good for them. It's because he is a pushover. It's because you want to negotiate with the person that has no spine and is willing to compromise. Gates said during an appearance on CNN's State of the Union on Sunday, he planned to file a motion to vacate, motion to vacate against McCarthy this week. Uh, what the Democrats are saying is, quote, I'm not going to follow Matt Gates to Peter Luger's steakhouse, said Representative Steve Cohen. Cohen said McCarthy shouldn't be put out for putting a bipartisan stopgap funding measure on the floor. He did the right thing, and I'll definitely vote not to vacate. I expect a good number of Democrats will as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for all the Republicans out there, just just so you know, Democrats love McCarthy. They really will fight to keep McCarthy. They'll fight Gates to make sure McCarthy continues as Speaker of the House. Because they love him. Imagine a Democrat, a Republican going to bat for Nancy Pelosi. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down to the ashes of history. The trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies 
to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globals bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Infowars.com band.video. You're watching the American Journal. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines for your calls today. The number to dial is 1 877 789 2539. 1 789 2539. some really, truly Uh, coming out today, like this one from the Washington Post. Anti-Semitism is rising. Time to summon a 10-foot-tall crisis monster. (laughs) What? You're going to summon a golem. An earlier version of this column referred to an incident at university where uh, Berkeley Jewish fraternity as potential hate crime. Police investigation into the vandalism revealed multiple fraternities were targeted. Police no longer treating as an hate crime. Okay, so they updated the uh, this version. If we can get this uh, printed out, I'm, I'm being blocked from the whole article, but I want to read this. It starts off by the guy saying, these days when I wake up to the news that neo-Nazis are marching in Florida or Donald Trump is invoking an agent dual loyalty canard to chastise liberal Jews for voting against him or Jews turning on X for pretty much any reason, my first thought is always the same. We need a golem. (laughs) What? What? That's crazy. That's a crazy thing to say. You know what the golem is, right? Golem is a disgusting Frankenstein monster, the Jewish sorcerer's summon. And the lesson that you're supposed to learn from the golem is that uh, it's not worth it because the golem turns on you and starts destroying everything. I mean, it's the classic, it's a classic story, right? And then like the, the sorcerer's apprentice, whatever the classic story is where it's like you summon a demon to deal with your foes, but then you can't control the demon. So whoops. Right, and it turns out the thing you summon to defeat your foes is significantly more dangerous and powerful than your foes ever were. It's actually a very like important lesson if you actually learn it. This guy apparently was just like, "Oh man, that would be awesome—a 15-foot tall monster to, to kill all of my enemies." <laughs> now you're, you're missing the end of the story. He gets bored. He stops reading after uh, like halfway through. He's just like, yeah, that golem was awesome. Let's see what this guy says. Uh, Opinion, anti-Semitism is rising. Time to summon a 10-foot-tall crisis monster. Uh, I mean, Jews, am I right? (laughs) Kidding. I'm kidding, but it's like, it's weird. This is weird. This is a weird thing to say. It's very weird to say. 
Uh, we need a golem. No, not the character from Lord of the Rings. Golem with a long O. Yes, I know there are golems in Minecraft, not those either. The golem I've been trying to understand is a figure from Jewish folklore, a giant humanoid being created of mud or clay animated through secret incantations to defend Jewish people in times of crisis. Yeah, just, just like uh, uh, the old the Old Testament style Jews, right? Like this is this is the weird thing. What he's describing is like sorcery, black magic, right? It's like um, type of thing that would get you stoned to death if you were living in the time of Jesus. Stories of the golem date to late 1500s when the Jews of Europe were in more or less constant peril. Not that the same couldn't be said of Jews for the bulk of history. The final step in animating a golem involves, uh, involves the Hebrew word for truth. It's inscribed on the creature's forehead or written on a piece of paper and inserted into his mouth. When the golem's work is done, the letter Aleph is erased, turning truth into the word death and returning golem to inchoit, inchoit matter, uh, inanimate matter. I started writing about golems in the spring of 2022 before Yi, formerly known as Kanye West, and Kyle Irving uh, Kyrie Irving dominated the news cycle with anti-Semitic screeds and Holocaust denial and finished my project the week former President Donald Trump had dinner with Ye, uh, Ye and white supremacist Nick Fuentes. I'm writing this two months after Robert F. Kennedy claimed the coronavirus had been engineered to exempt Ashkenazi Jews. A month after audio transcripts filed in a Manhattan court revealed Rudy Giuliani mocking Jews for celebrating Passover. And Robert G. Bowers was sentenced for killing 11 people at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. The day Elon Musk threatened to sue the Anti-Defamation League for costing X, formerly known as Twitter, ad revenue by calling attention to rising hate speech on the platform. Well, that's quite a list of uh, occurrences there. Quite a list of occurrences. Just okay. I don't know. We go through them one by one, I guess. But let, let's continue what he says about uh, you know summoning a, a ten foot tall uh, monster to uh, defend the Jews. Uh, as public figures breathe new life into ancient stereotypes and hate m uh, metastasizes unchecked across social media, it seems clear that we live in a world in great need of a ten foot tall Jewish crisis monster, or at the very least, a reckoning with what the golem can teach us. I'm learning a lot right now. Okay, it's just, I, again, I just, I don't even, like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it, but uh, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep going here. Just, this is very weird. This is, like, a very weird thing for anybody to say. I have a little golem. I have a little golem clay statue somewhere. I think it's at my house. I got it in Prague. But the, the golem is a big, uh, uh, big symbol of uh, Prague where they... Uh, they say that one was summoned at one point, lived in the attic. Uh, the golem's myth is born of understanding that anti-Semitism is ineradicable, cannot be eradicated. As long as there are people who feel embittered about their lives, constant, constrained by forces they cannot control, they will come to blame the Jews and then enact violence upon us. This is both the small end of the funnel where every conspiracy theory bottoms out and the cornerstone atop, atop which the broader ideology and praxis of hatred have been built. That's like a deeply unhealthy way to think, dude. Like really like sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. What he just expressed there is that like as long as anybody's unhappy about anything – 
the Jews are in an existential crisis fight for their lives. So like by that mindset, how will there ever be the end of anti-Semitism? If you have Jews who are just convinced that like, and this, this is the thing, like it's, I think it's just a very unhealthy way to think. It's just an unhealthy way to like raise your kids, teach them. Like, can you imagine being a, a little kid, having your parent, like they will always hate us and they will always want to hurt us. And no matter what happens, no matter how good we are, these, everyone around you is just waiting for a chance to Holocaust you. Just like, Jesus Christ. I, I mean, how, how are you ever going to get over this? Oh, right. Summoning a 10-foot monster to kill everyone. Oh, right. No, you're telling me right here. A golem is necessary because no victory is permanent. And because when the reversal comes, it can be swift and deadly. History has seared this lesson into the Jewish people, but Americans cannot seem to remember it. Again and again, we search for a moderate streak in the extremists. We tell ourselves we can find common ground with people uh, who are explicit in their desire to do us harm. What does the golem do again? What does the 10-foot-tall monster do? Is, is he a nice thing? The most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include PQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologus roots, rhodiola roots, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level. Provide your cells and DNA with the protection they need and try a bottle of DNA Force Plus today for 25% off or for an additional 10% off grab the combo pack with DNA Force Plus and body's whole support. These offers and so much more are only available at InfoWarsStore.com Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. We've got your phone calls this hour. Another interesting headlines to get to, videos to show you. I just think this whole, this whole thing is weird, man. I really am just uh, trying to figure out what this guy's saying about golems. <laughs> I guess it's working. I mean, I guess the point of this headline is to get people to be like, all right, I have to read this article now because what the hell is he talking about? Time to summon a 10-foot-tall crisis monster. So he, I guess this guy just like since 2022 has been writing like fan fiction about golems. <laughs> this is mainstream media. I don't know. This is the Washington Post. This is the venerable uh, newspaper of record. It's, it's you know, important stuff here. 
So, of course, they, they published this very bizarre screed by um, somebody who since 2022 has been writing fan fiction about a uh, Jewish monster from the 1500s. Literally, he's writing like fan fiction. It's, it's very strange. He says, in my contemporary reimagining, the relationship between the golem and memory is inverted. There's only been one golem, and he remembers every previous iteration of himself. This ancestral memory makes him a walking repository of memory and trauma, not an empty vessel, but an exceedingly full one. He's not created by a rabbi to save Jews from danger, but a stoned art teacher who happens to be in possession of a large quantity of clay. And his first question is, where's the crisis? So he literally, he literally, he's like he's like writing fan fiction or like some sort of um, story. That might actually be an interesting story. I'd rather read that story than read this guy pontificating about his story, but okay. So a stoned art teacher accidentally makes, I don't know, this is, this is kind of strange. Uh, this, it seems to me, is the essential question facing us. The question is, where is the crisis? How do, I, how do we identify a crisis when it's everywhere and nowhere at once? When it isn't a pogrom, but the creeping normalization of lies we thought we had overcome or the orderly erosion of rights that safeguard our freedom. Like you get that this is a problem with you, not with the culture or society or like other people, right? This is a problem with you. When you are like convinced there's a crisis but can't find evidence for it that might be that might be on you this might be a thing you are um having a problem with i don't even know how to read this so he says like the golem is necessary because no victory is permanent and because when the reversal comes it can be swift and deadly history has seared this lesson into the jewish people but americans cannot seem to remember it again and again we search for the moderate streak in the extremist tell ourselves that we can find common ground with people who are explicit in their desire to do us harm like this is the weird part how many extremists are there out there is are are they a really big threat do they have power are they, I mean, what, where are they? I mean, I don't, I don't see them. I, I, out of all the examples that they listed, there's only one of an actual extremist actually doing violence that everybody in the world pretty much condemns. Even the people that are anti-Semites, like even like the prominent people that speak out against Jews, like condemn this psychopath who just murdered innocent people in a synagogue. We can find common grounds people who are explicit in their desire to do us harm. And so we get caught flat-footed when books are banned, when gay and trans people are brutalized, when anti-Semitism is mainstreamed, when abortion rights and voting rights are snatched away. So this is what I'm trying to reconcile here. Because I think in this guy's head, it goes something like this. Parents don't want their little girls having to change in a locker room with full-grown men who are naked and watching them. So you, they, they don't want trans bathrooms. So this is then seen as an attack on trans people, which in this guy's fevered, paranoid mind 
is the precursor to a holocaust. Like you get that's a problem with you, right? Normal people are like, yeah, don't let the creepy man with the beard get naked with the little girls. It's not that complicated. But through like a lifetime of paranoia and and suspicion and like self-imposed outsiderness to this guy, it's like if you don't want your kid being perved on by by a, a trans woman, aka a man, uh, then you are attacking trans people. You are brutalizing. That's the word he used. Brutalizing trans and gay people. Brutalizing, right? Where where's the brutalization going on with trans and and gay people? Just like what is he talking about? Literally doesn't exist. What does exist is things like that. Is people being like, hey. You're not allowed to change my child's gender when they get to kindergarten, you freak. Like, no, you can't secretly start giving my child hormone therapy in school without telling me. That's what's actually happening, and that's so I, that must be what this guy is seeing is brutalizing. That's the thing. It's very nor- – all this stuff is very normal. Like some of the stuff he lists, like obviously there's the tree of life shooters of the synagogue, which, you know, again, it's like – Nobody is in favor of that. Nobody thinks that's a good thing. Nobody likes that. Like even the anti-Semites, like I said, like even the people that spend all of their time speaking out against Jews and Jewish power, they're like, nobody's out there being like, yeah, murder the innocent ones. Like, no, that's uh, it's not the case. It's not the case at all. Everybody is against that. We're talking about like Kanye West and Kyrie Irving. What did, Kyrie, what did Kyrie Irving, I don't even remember his, he said that the blacks were the real Jews, right? It was like an Ethiopian thing, okay? Not exactly brutalizing, not exactly, I mean, is this one of the people that uh, he says uh, are explicit in their desire to do us harm? I don't think so. Uh, Donald Trump had dinner with uh, Ye and white supremacist Nick Fuentes. A, as far as I can tell, a Hisp- Hispanic young man. Of course, Ye and uh, and Nick here on uh, the Alex Jones show said they uh, they loved Hitler, right? In an effort to just like shut down the whole black and white view of everything, and to actually embody the, the Christian ideal of actually loving everyone, even evil people. Of course, we have the prime minister here in studio with us. Good evening, sir. Uh, Rudy uh, Rudy Giuliani mocked Jews for celebrating Passover. I don't even know what that's about. I haven't even heard of that. Then they have things like this. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. claimed the coronavirus had been engineered to exempt Ashkenazi Jews. See, here's the thing, though. What actually happened? What actually happened is that Robert F. Kennedy was talking at a dinner party about the fact, the undeniable and scientific fact that, one, the coronavirus was engineered, was a gain-of-function program, and two, did not affect Ashkenazi Jews as much as it affected Europeans and blacks. These two things are true, but you can't talk about it. But he wants to now do you explicit harm, I guess. This is the thing, man. 
or like Elon Musk threatening to sue the Anti-Defamation League. Well, the Anti-Defamation League tried to bankrupt Twitter. So now he's suing the Anti-Defamation League for their conspiracy to deny advertising dollars to Twitter. But for this guy, it's like he's been trained through his whole life to see this as like some sort of explicit threat against Jews when it's not. And that's his problem. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me. Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person. Because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you. Because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or four thousand bottles of each one of these. I think we've got four thousand bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about four thousand bottles of 1776 testosterone boost that just came in. And we've got about three thousand bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, we're going to go out uh, to your calls once again. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, I'm. Sort of obsessing over this uh, golem story because it's uh, it's it's weirdly um, weirdly corresponds with reality, right? A golem is a creature formed out of a lifeless substance such as dust or earth, as brought to life by ritual incantations and sequences of Hebrew letters. The golem, brought into being by a human creator, becomes a helper, a companion, or a rescuer of the imperial Jewish community. It's basically like AI. Like it's basically just like an AI robot. Like it's a thing that was utterly and redis- uh, you know, just completely fantastical in like the 1500s. It's like not out of the realm of possibility now. It's literally just a robot, just a proto-robot, and it has all of the same. All the stories have the same sort of implications of like 1950s sci-fi stories where the robot turns on you. Read this idea that. Uh, the golem, like, 
parts of the stories will be like, uh, you know, you give him instructions and he just follows it to the letter because he's not thinking himself. So, you know, it's kind of one of those like uh, monkey's paw or just like genie stories where you wish for something and you get it. And it's not what you expect. You know, be careful what you wish for kind of thing, right? You tell a, a golem like, clean up this room. And he just like destroys everything in the room and, and throws it all away. And it's like, oh, that's not what I meant, right? It's this idea where you like instruct them to do something and they do it without thinking to the letter. So it's like, I don't know, multiple, multiple aspects of this that are actually very relevant in today's world with the AI monsters formed from unliving things and, you know, brought to life by people to protect or destroy their enemies, protect themselves or destroy their enemies. It's all very, um, very interesting in a modern context. Uh, we'll go to Alex in Michigan first because you want to talk about the rise of anti-Semitism. Uh, I have the feeling I, I, I know what the, uh, what the answer is. Uh, thanks for call- calling in. Alex, you're on the air. Yes. The, um, so the devil and the Jesuits hate the Jews, and so they want to get everyone to blame the Jews. And so, like, you know, I don't agree with that article you shared about that Jewish sorcerer guy. But uh, he's just kind of giving, he's he's going, he's making people, he's building up the whole thing, you know, to blame the Jews, too, like calling us all Jewish sorcerers and stuff. But anyway, um, like, E. Michael Jones shared the same article, and he's Opus Dei. And Leah Zagami did a great episode on Bandot Video about Opus Day. You should watch it and have Leah Zagami on your show exposing the Jesuits and Opus Day because that's the real power. And Nick Fuentes will never talk about it because he's a good Catholic and he'll never talk bad about the Pope. And uh but he'll blame the Jews all day. He'll never won't won't stop there. And the Groypers, they're all generally Roman Catholic. And they generally all blame the Jews and Israel for all our problems. Even though, the, you know, 9-11, they blame the Jews for 9-11. When Mossad was ordered to do that, like secret agents don't make mistakes like that, dancing on rooftops, they were ordered to do that. And it was, Alex Jones even said on the Red Cross radio, they orchestrated the fall of Building 7 on the Red Cross radio. And Red Cross is a secret intelligence agency that's Catholic going back to the Templars and the Red Cross. And it's an order of Freemasonry, too. I know Chase Geyser doesn't want to admit there's any Catholics in Freemasonry, but uh, he's a 32nd degree in York, right, I guess. So he knows all about the Knights of Malta and York, right? Mm-hmm. You hear that, Chase? Chase, you want to respond? Oh, he stepped out. Chase is in the uh, in the studio here a second ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I guess we can, uh, we, but so you're suggesting this author of this article was writing it to make Jews look bad. Yeah. A lot of these Jews, unsaved Jews, they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Messiah. And so they, they're all, they're all into sorcery and all this, all this, uh, sin. 
Right. You know, I, I would just urge, urge any Jews listening to read the prophecy of Daniel 9, 24 through 27. That's our timeline for the Messiah. It had to be the Lord Jesus Christ, because Messiah is cut off in Daniel 9, 26. And the people of the prince who are to come destroy the city and the sanctuary. That was the Romans. And so we know the, the Antichrist will be a Roman. So that's why Protestants believe the Antichrist will be the Pope, the mm-hmm. final Pope. Well... That's, uh, that is interesting. Um, thanks for your call. Uh, I want to go to Mike in Tennessee now. You want to talk about uh, the anti-Semitism. Thanks for calling in Mike on line 11. Uh, you're on the air. Yes, um, I want to talk about this. Um, first of all, let me plug your products. The, the trifecta, oh, my goodness. That on top of the nitro boost. My purple helmet warrior is storming the castle of my beloved. I mean, I love those products. All right, let's get into anti-Semitism. Mayor Ansher Bauer, who changed his last name to Rothschild, studied the Talmud night and day with rabbis. In the Talmud, it teaches not only that Jesus Christ is boiling in his own feces, but it teaches the Jew to enslave the Christian financially and to wage war constantly against the Christian and the Muslim in order to bring about the Messiah. So I'm really kind of, and the odd thing is is that Jesus predicted that he would come upon the clouds and destroy the temple. What was in the temple? The genealogical records. Today, no Jew can prove what tribe they're from. In all of the, well, about 10 encyclopedias, it says that there is no such thing as the Jewish race. Even the own Jewish encyclopedia admits there is no race of Jews. So how do you define who, what a Jew is? Well, if you embrace Judaism, the religion you refer to as a Jew, like uh, Sammy Davis Jr., he's black. He, he called himself a Jew. All right. But again, Jesus destroyed the old covenant in AD 70. So you can't really even define yourself as a Jew then. So who are the people in Israel today? They're Khazarian. Uh, DNA, they're mostly Khazarians which was an ancient empire that converted to Judaism. So I get really sick and tired of uh, even my own Christian friends who are Zionists. They're constantly trying to support national Israel. And I'm like, that's the state of Rothschild. You've got to read your Bible. The Bible says that the church is the Israel of God. We're the elect Israel of God now. God, Jesus said, I'm going to take the kingdom from you Jews, and I'm going to give it to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And so, you know, when they call us anti-Semitic, every time I win a debate with a Muslim, I'm called an Islamophobe. Every time I win a debate with a Zionist, they always scream anti-Semitic. And every time you win a debate with a liberal, of course, they call you a racist. And so they took my book off of Amazon. They won't give my publisher any, <laughs> any reason why, just that it went away from their standards. And it's just, you know... Here's the bottom line, Harrison. The Rothschilds paid to kill Christian Palestinians, to kill Muslims that had more DNA uh, relations to Abraham than they do. And yet they are Semites, too. So every time a, a quote-unquote Jew hates the Palestinians, why, aren't, why isn't that anti-Semitism? <laughs> you know, you got to think about it. 
Right, because it goes back to Shem and the idea that the you know, Middle Eastern races essentially are all uh, Semitic. Yeah, Semitic. Yeah, yeah. So you know, what's your what's your book can called? I, can I plug my book? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you can get it off my website, fullpreterism.com, but it's called Armageddon Deception: The Eschatology of Islam and Zionism: A Biblical Response. And I go through the Quran, and I expose how it's a violent eschatology. I go through all of the Talmud, and I show how it's racist, and I show how it is also a violent eschatology. But most importantly, I prove that the War of Armageddon and Gog and Magog, which all three of these sects are trying to self-fulfill, I prove that war happened between AD 67 and 70 between, with the Romans and the Jews. Hmm. That's when the nations of the Roman Empire surrounded Jerusalem, and uh, destroyed the temple. But we all think that that's a future war, so everybody's trying to self-fulfill it. John Hagee's telling all our politicians that we need to go attack, attack Iran. And Trump is listening to these people, and he's listening to Kushner, and i got to get him to stop it. Give me a debate on your show, bro. I'll... Look, Nick well, yeah, this has been interesting. we got we got to go to break here. We'll start the third hour on the other side with more of your phone calls. Don't go anywhere. A lot of people have asked me, why is InfoWars Store and InfoWars Life not at a probiotic for more than three years? And the answer is simple. We only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices. We had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high-quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics is something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic because I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high-quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. 